Good morning. Hello. Welcome to the Arcane Dames podcast. Or welcome back. Welcome back. This is our super special Halloween episode of 2023. Yes, we're so super excited. We're pre-recording a little bit. Halloween's like maybe like a month out. It, it's actually the Aries full moon right now in yes. September. So for context yeah. of where we're at. <laughs> Self-explanatory. <laughs> but it's nice because it's like we're really going into spooky season hardcore right now. So this is like setting the vibe for the month of Halloween. It's true. We're ahead of us. We're dressed cozy. My house is decorated. Alyssa came to my place to record today. With pumpkin coffee in tow. Yeah. So we're all in. I mean, I'm all in to Halloween all year. Right. But it's a little bit extra right now. Yeah. Um, so feels that, good. Yeah. Feels real good. So that's the good news. What do you say we do a little bit of housekeeping? Let the people know what's going on with the Arcane Dames and and where they can meet us for some fun extracurriculars. I I realized, and the reason I asked if we should do a little housekeeping is because I realized that every other podcast in the world does it, and we've just been so rogue, like hopping into our topics. No, I've I've noticed that too, and like I don't know, I tried to a little bit. That's so couldn't like, be us. Plan ahead, organized. Like those people aren't air signs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're way more flighty than that. But uh, but yeah, what's what do you have on the list? Well, for housekeeping, I would love to say that. If you would like to join our super special learning community for up and coming tarot practitioners and witches, and not just up and coming, but intermediate or advanced practitioners that are just looking for a little sense of community, you can find us on patreon.com slash arcane dames. We have four tiers, page, knight, queen, and king. Duh. Duh. And those have various benefits from $1 a month to $20 a month. So there's something for everybody. If you want to check that out and read more about it, I would recommend just going there. But we do things ranging from we've done workshops, we've done live tarot circles, you know, and there's hidden bonus content. There's bonus episodes on there that will not be released to the public. Yeah. So if any of that interests you, check us out on Patreon. Yeah. Like there's a decent backlog of stuff now. Like if you're joining, Correct. you could like go in and binge, which is really fun. But then, I mean, you're paying us that monthly rate and you're getting something every month. So correct. It, it definitely makes it worth it. You know, if you're in the discord tier, it's such a nice little community. So nice to have other similarly minded witchy people to bounce ideas off of and chat with about tarot advice tarot advice the life advice you're planning the, the shit you're going through like memes like we're sh- we're sharing just like all of that it's and it's super fun and you know certainly mel and i appreciate so much from the one dollar tier where you're just getting the ad free episodes as you know primarily a, a tip to mel and i for right. The work that we're doing here with the podcast, we appreciate so much and all the way up to the king tier, you know, it makes a huge difference in our ability to continue to prioritize this podcast that is just such a big passion project for both of us. So 
Exactly. Thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts. And we're so excited to keep it going. I love doing the Patreon. I think it's really nice to, in a way really like make these connections i like i wanted to say organically like obviously it's not organic because they found us first you know type of thing but like yeah but i mean it's organic in the sense that like in every other sense people the people who connect with our podcast and who connect with it strong enough to want to join our online community it it's just so real and it's so authentic and mel and i just give like a hundred percent of our authenticity to this platform where we just like get on here and speak our truth and share our stories and our experiences. And when you guys resonate with that, like it has just created a group of people where we just relate to you guys so much. Yeah. (laughs) And it's really, really cool. Absolutely. We have a fairly new Arcane Dames website that Alyssa created. It is in our link tree, which you can find below on our Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. But if you haven't given that a look, I'd really recommend it. It's awesome. Um, And to have everything, you know, under the Arcane Dames name finally has just been really lovely. We've been really active on TikTok under Arcane Dames. Um, We, you already know this as you're listening to the episode, but we're doing a month long October tarot challenge. Yes. That Alyssa and I collaborated on writing and bringing to you guys. And fuck, we just love those opportunities of getting to all learn together and i love stressing the fact that just because Alyssa and i have been doing this for years does not mean we don't have plenty to learn from you as well yeah so it's a very equal relationship and that feels really good to me I, i really enjoy that right it's just like it's this very cool like ongoing journey and Right, like we write these tarot prompts, you know, and then we pull the cards alongside with you every single day and we have the same like what the fuck moments or the oh my god that's so cool moments like getting to do a month long like for example a month long tarot challenge with you guys is it's just as much of a journey for us as it is for you. No, literally. And I... I said this in the Maybon slash Fall Equinox episode, and I'm going to say it again in this one. I have a lot of sappy shit I want to get off my chest, but I'm going to save it for the season three premiere because this is a holiday special. This is not officially us being in season three. So mm-hmm. I'm going to save it for then, and we'll we'll have some more talks about full circle what the podcast has done for us. Yeah. Um, but today we're here to fucking celebrate Halloween. Yes. Oh, the best holiday. It really is. <laughs> so, of course, there's the Samhain of it all. Mm. There's the pagan ritual tradition of it all. But let's talk a little bit about regular good old Halloween. Yeah, like the Halloween that we grew up with that is in our mainstream mm-hmm. culture and the way that we celebrate it. Yeah. Traditionally for us. Right. Right. So, Alyssa, tell yes. me a little bit about your experience growing up with Halloween, some memories you have, what it means to you today, how you celebrate in the 
essentially non-witchy sense. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it has a crossover to witchiness somewhere. Right. Tell me. So I'm so glad you asked. Um, (laughs) Growing up, I was always so interested in and intrigued by Halloween. And my parents were pretty religious. And, you know, you may have... If you listen to the podcast, you may remember that I was raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. I only mention it every episode. (laughs) Um, And my parents were like, they were they were somewhat strict about religion and pretty like intense about, you know, they both went to Catholic school. That's where they met Mm. like K through 12. So wowie. Yeah. So they were indoctrinated with a lot of Catholic stuff and passed you know, a good chunk of that on to their kids. This is not related to Halloween, but this is a fun fact. Like, for example, we never believed in Santa Claus as kids because my dad in particular wanted uh, Christmas, Halloween wanted Christmas to be about Jesus and not Santa. So just like little things like that. It's (sighs) okay. It is okay. <laughs> I mean, listen. I like. I don't. We can do like a Christmas episode and talk more about our experiences with, with Christmas. But TLDR is like Christmas was always still very magical for me growing up. I don't think Good. it took like any of the joy or like fun out of the experience. I think that I don't love the tradition of like. Some parents really go in, like, lying to their kids. True. With it and, like, try to keep the ruse up when their kids are very much at the age of it's like, could you just tell me the truth, please? Yeah. Um, And, like, I don't like that. And I'm glad that that never happened to me because I think that that's kind of confusing. And there's, like, some feelings of betrayal there and whatnot. But it is very strange that that was the reason and there were like a lot of things like that in my childhood that were like we're not doing this because of jesus and that was a lot but so for halloween the way that that played in it's like my parents just didn't like halloween like it was not a holiday that either of them liked they didn't go super hard for it it was it was like it was a day you know that's how i feel about easter (laughs) no i'm serious yeah But it's interesting because at the same time, like, okay, so you said you weren't allowed to celebrate it or it was just casual. We did. We did like, did they, did you go trick or treating? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We did trick or treating. We did dressing up. But the way that it kind of played out for me was I was so curious and interested in like the dark and spooky like lore around Halloween. I loved Halloween movies. Like I loved, you know, I loved anything about witches, the Halloween Town movies on Disney. I was like, the best witches. Like they were so cool. I wanted to be them. Like I was so into it. And Every year for Halloween, I either wanted to be a witch or a vampire. And I would ask my mom and the answer was always no. I wasn't allowed to be anything that was like really like supernatural-y. And certainly like spooky or dark. Like my parents were very against that. So give me a rundown of some of your childhood Halloween costumes. 70s girl. 60s girl 
<laughs> screaming. One year, I was begging so hard to be something spooky, and my mom said no to everything that I invented a, a costume that was a spider keeper. Oh. And I wore, like, a cloak with, like, spider webs on it. Wow. And carried, like, plastic spiders with me. And everyone was like, what are you? And I was like, a spider keeper. Because that was the closest I could get to being spooky. Alyssa, that's cute. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) A lot, actually. I'm like, hmm, me this year dressing up as a spider Spider keeper. keeper? (laughs) Follow my personal Instagram to see if I do it. (laughs) But, yeah, so, like... My Halloween was always, like, me really, really wanting to, like, go the dark and spooky route and not being allowed to. So then in my adulthood, I turned into a witch. Her. And that's what you get. That's right. (laughs) Okay, slay. Yeah. That makes me happy. Makes sense. What about you? Uh, Where to even begin? Very much same on the plane of being into the spookiness we all know that about me i think Mm -hmm. i still am like that my mom was like fine about it i mean my dad's side of the family and everything were very fine about it like i actually um was going through some old pictures the other day and I was looking at pictures of when my, like, grandparents and my dad had thrown me the birthday party for, like, the next weekend they saw me after my birthday. And I they still let me dress up as a witch, even though, like, it wasn't a Halloween party. Like, it was a birthday party, but I was in a witch costume. Yes, that's so cute. So, like, cute shit like that. My mom was just, like, fine about it. My stepdad um, loves spooky stuff and loves Halloween. So he, we would go trick-or-treating. He would dress up with me and my siblings. My mom never, well, the only time I've ever seen my mom in costume was for my 21st birthday, which was Halloween-themed, but... We don't need to talk about that. Um, That was quite a day. But actually, I think I talk about that in one of the After Dark episodes. Maybe. Yeah. If you want the tea, go check those out. But (laughs) anyway, yeah, no, I don't remember my mom or anything being like super, super against it. But it was definitely like. I mean, I watched horror from such a young age. Oh my god! So that's the biggest like childhood memory for me is like i'm eight and i'm on the couch watching like seed of chucky on the sci-fi channel like that was just like part of my childhood and you know say what you can say about it being inappropriate and me being way too young but like i turned out all right i enjoyed it it was for the better (laughs) i mean yeah it's like a it's a huge like passion for you it is and obviously like if those things were scaring or traumatizing me at that time i wouldn't have liked them right like it's it's one thing if like you know a kid sees a movie and they're traumatized and they need to like sleep in mommy and daddy's room for the next month like whatever that wasn't me it was like it was comforting i was never um challenging myself or trying to prove something right it was comforting for me for the first time and i think there was just so much horror in my real life as a child but like seeing it on the screen 
was a way to feel that fear in a safe way because I knew it was fake. Right. It wasn't real fear. And to this day, like, I'm really one of the only people I know that loves going, loves going to haunted houses. Like, I know you'll go, yeah. but you're not, like, obsessed with it. I don't yeah. know. I'm obsessed with going, and it's because it's relieving for me. Like, right. I feel like I walk around with all this anxiety all the time, and when I go get scared by a serious movie or or a haunted house i can purge that anxiety for once so i always walk out feeling like refreshed so that indulging in all the really scary stuff is where a lot of my good halloween memories come from love that and i am from new paltz new york and there's a very famous haunted house haunted attraction in the area called headless horseman and i mean i grew up you can't you can't really go if you're under 13 and it was in newspapers and there they had segments on the sci-fi channel and stuff like that so i would see it and hear about it and it was like this gossip thing like you know in elementary school when kids gossip about like freddie and jason and michael myers but like you haven't even seen the movies yeah it was like that like it had like an urban legend around it yeah and then i think I think it was the year I was 13 I finally went. And so that's when I went off the deep end with like, okay, one month is not enough. I celebrate Halloween all year round, whatever. And then it was the year after that that I like fully accepted being a witch. Mm. So that's kind of like the timeline for me. That's so crazy. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, so Halloween was like always like a very central, like fundamental part of – your spirituality and like for sure like it started there and like i've said this on the show before too but i like realized being a witch was the right thing for me when i was on a trip to new orleans yeah and that is like mecca for spooky stuff and like whatnot and yeah like that's what that's how i was drawn to it through the darker side of it right and then I realized that it can also be so much more and not actually scary or evil. Right. I mean, I was a little bit okay w- with it being scary or evil. <laughs> well, I feel like that's some of the draw. Like, yeah. there was just this huge intrigue and curiosity. Like, it was, it was a little bit dark, a little bit, but it was very mysterious. And it was like how does that work? Is that real? Where do those legends come from? Like, what's the, you know, is there truth to it? What's, where are those practices coming from? Like, I was just always so intrigued. Yeah. And I mean, I've said before, but like, I didn't let myself explore that curiosity until I was like 24 years old. And you were just like, I'm 24 right now, uh-huh. like fully immersed. Yeah. You know, and you were just like, that's for me. Yeah. That oh. is me. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's interesting. And I think what's interesting, too, is like it was the only major holiday that was celebrated in my home that didn't tie back to Catholicism. Mm. So because there was Christmas and Easter, which right. is like oh, why do people do these traditions? It all goes back to the church. To Jesus, yeah. But Halloween didn't have that. So I was like, wait a minute. If holidays are religious somehow, that means religion exists outside of Catholicism. Yeah. And like, I, it's not that like I didn't have 
you know, like I had a lot of friends who were Jewish and I knew that like that existed and, and whatnot. And I knew that people were atheist and I was considering being an atheist. And like I knew that other stuff existed, but not in such a structural, like carried on for centuries way. Right. So then when I discovered paganism and I feel like I'm plugging so many old podcast episodes today, but I really must say if you want to hear us talk about like the pagan roots of Halloween and how it started, it's in our Night of Swords episode episode from last year right from season one that was a cool episode that was such a fun episode i re-listened to it in prep for this and that's why i wanted to put the shout out there like if if you want to know the actual history and like where it originated we do that in that episode but um so for me to realize that like a pagan festival is now part of mainstream culture it was empowering yeah and i was like oh my god this is fucking awesome there's merit to this and it shifted my mindset a lot that's really cool yeah oh i love that so much yeah i i just think that that's so good like i just love i because I, i agree that halloween it feels like so much potential like and it always has to me like felt like there's just something there to dig into to discover yes exactly Mm -hmm. and it just like oh like it like i don't know like it like wakes something up (laughs) no literally like i get it it feels good man same but yeah, I, I think it's so funny because like you were discovering like literal witchcraft at the same time that I was still sitting in my bedroom trying to Sabrina the Teenage Witch zap things <laughs> and hoping that it would work uh, and like hoping that I would just casually discover I was a witch. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And well, that's funny you say that, too, because up until that point, I had thought religion and spirituality was something that you were chosen. Right. For. Right. Like you said, like kind of like if you were a witch in the sense of being a chosen one, like if these powers had been bestowed upon you. Right. I had felt like Roman Catholicism was bestowed upon me, but as right. a burden, not a gift. Yeah, literally. And so when I realized that you can decide to become a witch, you didn't have to sit around and wait for someone to tell you you were one. I was like, "Uh, what? (laughs) And then I was like, of course I have to do this. Yeah. So, yeah, it really like I took it into my own hands when I realized I didn't have to wait around and hope I would get power. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's a natural part of the journey, too. I really do. That's 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 cool. Uh, I love uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Same. I love the Halloween episodes. Do you remember the episode where they make homemade candy corn? And it's yeah. like it's like their like family tradition to make candy corn for Halloween. Ugh. Ugh. Yes. Slay. It's so good. <laughs> um, um so as far as like Halloween traditions now. Mm-hmm. I okay so obviously like speaking of candy corn candy is a huge part of Halloween yes it's very important when I was younger I lived in like a like a great a great trick-or-treating neighborhood yeah really good neighborhood for trick-or-treating we used to map out me and my friends I had some friends that lived in the neighborhood with me we would map out our route ahead of time to plan 
to like hit the most houses humanly possible. And then we would all like go back to one house at the end of the night and dump out our bags of candy and sort them and trade for like what we wanted. And then I had this little like, you know, the little plastic organizer drawers for like jewelry. Yeah. I would organize my candy into those. Yes. (laughs) As you should. Like it was serious business for me. And so as an adult, like I love when Halloween candy hits the shelves. Like it's Halloween candy season. I'm into it. I love, I love the like baked Halloween treats. Mm -hmm. I love like putting candy into like cookies and cupcakes mm. that gives like total Halloween vibes. Oh no, it really, really is. Yeah. And like something to be said about accepting harvest and accepting the abundance is like treating your body to yeah. those those things that inspire joy and heal your inner child and just fucking simply are indulgent right you're allowed to indulge yeah like you are inherently allowed to indulge and i think that a holiday that embraces that is so fun that's so true it is so fun yeah and i yeah there's just like there's kit kats and then there's halloween kit kats you know what i mean duh like they're different do you get the green ones no no, just you just want the Halloween wrapping. It's not even Halloween wrapping. It's just like this time of year, a Kit Kat hits different. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? The crisp on your tongue, like the crisp of the fall right. leaves. Like when you eat a Kit Kat in October, that's a Halloween Kit Kat. That's a Halloween Reese's. Right. It's and it's just the vibe. It's just the like vibe. I keep saying this, but like I love a Halloween movie night. I love sitting there with like bottles of wine and a big ass bowl of candy watching Halloween Town. Like I can't believe we haven't done that yet. Soon, yeah, no, anytime. We got a lot of movies to get through. I so. know. I want to watch all the Halloween Towns, and I want to watch Hocus Pocus, mm-hmm. and then. Coraline is on our list because of Izzy yeah. and everyone. Yeah, no, Coraline's so good. Guys, I've never seen Coraline. That's crazy. I You're know. gonna literally love it. I'm sure I will. Yeah. I don't know why I'm a little scared. It's actually scary. Yeah. It's a kid's movie, but it's scary. Right. It's because and I spook easily because I didn't grow up watching horror movies. Yeah. But it's it's definitely not jump scare scary. It's actually it fucks with your head a little bit. Yeah. It's like a good story. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I really enjoyed reading the book. I did see the movie first and I and as a kid and then I read the book as an adult and I got so much more out of it. Oh, that's cool. I would recommend. And you, it's a short book. You can read it in like two hours. Nice. But it's it's one of those kids books that's written for adults. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it it is an adult story. It wrestles with intense concepts and stuff. Oh, I'm excited. We should do that soon. Yeah, literally the DVD's sitting in that drawer. We should do that really soon. L- literally, I'm like tonight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a sleigh. The candy in the movies. Okay, so I want to know more about your trick or treating um, landscape growing up. Would your parents check your candy before you were allowed to eat it? No. My mom would not let us eat a single piece without her checking every single one, and it would take her like an hour. She was so convinced that there were going to be razor blades, needles, poison, pins. Like, she, like, made that so real. So I've never, like, 
eaten a piece of candy while walking around trick-or-treating. I've never eaten one in the car on the way home. Like, she had to sit down and wow. check each individual I can't one. believe she was so invested in your physical well-being. Strange, right? Very strange. <laughs> Given the context. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was a really weird thing that I thought was super normal growing up. And now every time I bring it up to someone, they're like, no, my parents didn't do that. So, no, my parents didn't. <laughs> like, I was, you know, even like the, I was allowed to eat like homemade shit. I was allowed sure. to eat yeah. like people with like put pretzels in like a Ziploc baggie and hand them out and like I was allowed to eat whatever people gave us. I wonder if that's an upstate thing. I mean it was a neighborhood where we knew the majority of the people. Right. Like it was a decently big neighborhood but it was a a, we had lived there for years like it was a family neighborhood so I feel like that probably played into it. It's not like we were trick-or-treating somewhere we were unfamiliar with. Yeah. At all. But no, like all of the like every year on the news, it's like there's drugs in the Skittles. Like my parents never gave a shit. They were like, no, there's not. Which slay for being able to see through lies in the media. Yeah, literally. But the other thing is I had friends whose parents did the switch witch. What's that? You've never heard of the Switch Witch? Never. The Switch Witch is when you don't let your kids have sugar. Okay. So they go trick-or-treating. Oh, no. And then in the middle of the night, after you go trick-or-treating, the Switch Witch comes, and it takes their candy and gives them, like, a DVD instead. No. Isn't that sad? Yes. I know. No, I hate that. I know. No, I've never heard of that. I, yeah, I had, there was like. A switch witch, me in bed. (laughs) I just sent Alyssa to the fucking moon with that one. She's dying. (laughs) Sometimes I still got it. All right. I'm funny. You heard it here first. Oh my God. (sighs) That's real. Thank you. Thank you for validating my experience. What was I going to say? Oh, my God. That's so funny. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) So there were these two girls. They were sisters that lived in our neighborhood. And their mom did the switch witch. And I was always like, she takes your candy? Right. And they were always like, yeah. And then we get, like, movies. And I'm like. How is that a good deal? Yeah. What <laughs> like, a, why not both? <laughs> like, literally, how is that a good deal? But then when I was in undergrad, I remember this is like maybe an irrelevant story, but I'm telling it anyway. Mm, I love it. I took a graduate level sociology of gender course when I was in undergrad. Mm-hmm. And so it was me <laughs> and like a bunch of grad students. The If you're into sociology, which... Like, I doubt really most of our listeners are, but like, mm. slay. Um, the class was taught by Michael Kimmel, which, T. Um, but, oh. <laughs> but, um, so it was just all these grad students that I like didn't know. And I don't know, like, if you've ever been to grad school, especially for something like very academic, like sociology, like a sociology PhD program, like what I was in, you know, grad students are mad fucking pretentious. Mm-hmm. So, 
it was like always just like a dick measuring contest of like who was the most intellectual and woke. But I didn't know that because I was still an undergrad and I sure. didn't really understand what was happening. So I was like, this is very strange. Mm-hmm. But anywho. So like, and that's like a side note. That's just like my perception of the class and like where my head was at. Cause it was, a, it was a strange experience, but one of the grad students had a son that she would always talk about. And she was like, one time she was talking about how she does the switch witch and she said that it was to protect his emotional relationship with food stop and i was like first of all that's the most pretentious like way you could talk about that ever um you know what would protect a child's relationship with food is letting them eat yeah yeah so that's like an interesting take um fuck holy shit yeah but so lots of different reasons to do the switch witch lots of different things going on okay but i'm surprised that as i don't know i guess i feel like intensely inspecting your children's candy is like one step away from the switch witch it is it for sure but i'm glad that at least that never happened to you thank you (laughs) i'm glad it didn't happen to you yeah um yeah for sure for sure i also though i never got to go trick-or-treating alone even as a Mm. teenager my which i I do just want to say it's another really weird disjointed thing about my upbringing and the shit that i've been through and how my mom functions is that Part of me was 13 and going to concerts alone and running with a much older crowd and, like, doing shit that I shouldn't have been doing. But then, like, she wouldn't allow me to trick-or-treat without an adult. That's so strange. Yeah. And and that's – I mean, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. I'm just saying that was a big component of, like, the – mental abuse Mm. is being so unpredictable that your victim can't even like get a little survival plan in place because one day something so insane is fine and then the next day something so mundane is not fine um so that was part of the mental fuckery that i went through that you know fucked me up as a human being to this day (laughs) so yeah anyway i was never allowed to trick-or-treat without an adult so i i do wish i got that experience of like linking up with friends and doing it no it was just like me and my siblings with my parents around Mm. that kind of put a damper on things but then i started going trick-or-treating with my dear friend autumn's family um so and and like she we were the ones that would take her younger siblings out so then once i hit 15 16 i got to become the adult supervisor um so that was a little more fun than like being with my own family you know and yeah so with autumn and her family i trick-or-treated until i was 18 that's so fun yeah and like houses some houses did refuse me and autumn candy but a lot of the time they could still tell that we were teenagers with the younger kids and they we would stand at the back of the driveway and just like look around and then they would be like come get some candy and we'd be like okay like we definitely carried like bags around still you know um so yeah i fucking trick-or-treated till i was 18 and i loved it can i just say how fucked i think it is that house 
houses would literally refuse to give candy to a teenager. Yeah. I remember one time when I was really little, I was trick-or-treating with just my mom. So I must have been, like, decently young because it was before, like, like, when I was in older elementary school and stuff, like, it would always be a group of friends. So my mom would be there. Sure. would also be, like, my friends. But this was just me and my mom. So I must have been pretty young. And this woman in our neighborhood, like, my mom knew her. And she was telling us how she had a separate bowl of just mints for if teenagers came. What the fuck? And I'm like, of all the debauchery teenagers could be getting into on Halloween night, they're choosing to literally trick or treat. Right. Like, I would see that as a good thing. Like I do see that's that. That's adorable and precious. Yeah. And, like, we should be fostering children hanging on to their youth for as long as they physically can. Literally. And by children, I mean me at no, 28 years old. N- no, literally. <laughs> I'm about to be a 25-year-old teenage girl. Like, yes. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. Agree. Yeah. So hard that's that's so crazy but i i do i you know i have my nieces um my sister lives close ish to me and she has two little girls and i love every halloween going over and i'll walk around the neighborhood with them while they trick-or-treat and then we'll just like go back to the house and Mm -hmm. then they like you know the old because they're pretty young still but like the older kids will be going later so kids will ring the doorbell and like brooke and tess will help hand out candy and it's just so cute and fun and like they're on a fucking sugar high and you know i i've said this before but i always find a lot of healing especially around like my fucked up relationship Mm -hmm. with food through the way that my (laughs) sister raises her kids because when I was growing up there was a lot of restriction a lot of shame a lot of body shame just like all all of that shit and now I watch my sister raise her kids and be like listen I you need to have a bite of pizza before you can eat Mm-hmm. 10 pieces of candy but there isn't that same restriction there and they don't you can see it in the way that they are yeah. that they have a much more peaceful relationship mm. with food and just being around that like reminds me to have a more peaceful relationship with food as well mm. and it's it's that's like a really lovely part of my adult experience with halloween as well that just made me get like literally a warm and fuzzy feeling in my chest i had this memory resurface for me when i was thinking about halloween candy the other day you know like a regular sized hershey bar like that you would get in the pack to make s'mores or like at stewart's or whatever Mm -hmm. when i was little and like my dad would stop at the gas station and let me get a treat or whatever like I'd go get a candy bar like that because I've I've always been a chocolate person, like above all gummies, any lollipops. Like I'm not that I wasn't that kind of kid. I'm not that kind of adult. I would always pick chocolate over like anything. I was a milky way girl. They're the best. And now they have the dark chocolate ones. Those are my personal favorite. Oh, my God. Amazing. Like, literally drooling, right? <laughs> um. Anyway, I would get, like, a full-size candy bar, and no shade to my grandma, but, like, she would literally be like, you can't eat that whole thing. 
and would have me break off like he you know like i'm using hershey specifically because it has those little blocks yeah she'd have me break off just three of them and that was all i could eat in one day and now as an adult i'm like i eat that whole thing like it's nothing yeah like but like i know i was younger but shit just let me eat the damn chocolate i know fuck i don't think i ate a full-size candy bar until i was like an adult and bought it for myself right which is crazy <laughs> like looking back on that i'm like that's crazy yeah. like just just right. let the kid eat well, the candy and also, like right like who like who are candy bars for if not children <laughs> like, like honestly right <laughs> it's fine eat the fucking candy bar okay <laughs> slay <sighs> yeah yeah it is crazy i know halloween did always bring up like such crazy food stuff for real because i do like even like i would organize my candy like i said into the drawers but then like i would be allowed to eat like two pieces a day so my mom would like keep it on top of the fridge and then i would have to ask and then damn yeah, yeah you couldn't yeah. like have it in your room or anything right. complicated feelings about that very complicated feelings and like i just say like i understand that it's not easy to like try and raise a kid with like healthy habits Mm -hmm. and teach them like moderation etc etc but i didn't even i was always given the message that food in my body were directly correlated in the most important part of food Food was about the way that my body looked. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't about how I felt. It wasn't about what I needed. It wasn't about nourishing myself. It was always about don't eat too much because your body is too big. And I remember very distinctly in middle school one time I was with my friend. And we were eating Oreos. And she was like, okay, like, we should eat one more and then stop. And I was like, why? Because, like, in my head, I was always, like, there was so much restriction. And when my parents weren't around, it was just, like, binging because there was, like, finally nobody to tell me to stop. And, like, her parents weren't around, whatever. And I was, like, confused. And I was like, why? And she was like, because we're going to get tummy aches. And I was like, never in my life had I put together that there was a correlation between the way that I felt and what I ate. Nobody ever framed it that way. Nobody ever told me that. It wasn't about how I felt. It was about how I looked. So, like... Ugh, that's heavy. I think that that's just, like, really significant, too. And, like, obviously, I do just want to say, like, I talk... Like, in talking a lot about restriction and, like, whatever. But there there are ways to encourage, like, healthy habits that aren't full of, like shame and like negative messages about your body so true absolutely like uh <laughs> huge yeah for sure well tea tea <laughs> should we talk about the witchy side of things? yes please okay. so like i mentioned earlier i just listened again to our episode last from last year where we talked about Sawin, mm. and you had said that you had never done anything specific for Sawin before mm. do you think that will be different this year did you do any did you end up doing anything last year how are you feeling about that so i didn't really end up doing anything specific last year i've definitely 
over the last year and over the last couple of years incorporated more like ancestor honoring and like what I guess I would classify under like ancestor communication <laughs> into my practice in the sense of, you know, like dedicating candles to my ancestors. And, you know, I have little mementos from both sides of my family on my altar. And also just, yeah, my my mom's mom, my meme was very close to me growing up and very important to me. And there are a lot of things of hers that I have now that are just like very important and special to me. Um, and there are also things that I do that remind me of her, whether it's something I cook or like whatever, that always feels kind of like a, like an ancestor honoring act. I love that. Absolutely. Also, I, but I have been more like, Sometimes I'll ask for like ancestor messages through dreams and I very much feel like I get them. Yeah. Obviously we know dream work is big for this girl. Big for me. And I've also done like little tarot spreads where like I call in and ask specifically to talk to someone and then do a spread in that vein, which is really, really cool. And I think that probably this year for Samhain, I will do something like that when it comes to like particularly that grandmother she loved gin and tonics yeah and so that's a very like meme thing to me that i would absolutely make two gin and tonics and drink one with her (laughs) that could be like yeah like your little night of yeah moment Mm mm-hmm Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah. Her and her husband actually owned a liquor store when my mom was young. <gasps> awesome. <laughs> That's super cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. So it sounds like you're kind of incorporating the themes. Well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do. I mean, I think that for me, you know, it's always nice to have like a, a specific day, like a holiday or whatever dedicated to these things. But at the end of the day, like, it really is just more about when it feels right in my practice for me. Like, you know, I like the wheel of the year. I think it's fun. Right. I think she's fun and quirky, but (laughs) there is a pressure to adhere to those themes at that time. And that's not how life fucking works. Right. And shout out to destiny in our discord slash Patreon community. We did a live circle for Maybon, and she was sharing how, like, because I, I, I kind of asked everybody, you know, what are you slowing down and appreciating? Because that's the theme of going into fall and going into this final harvest. And she was like, you know, like, I'm embracing it in my own way, but, like, I'm not slowing down right now. And yeah. that's so true, right? Yeah. Like, you can't force yourself to do what the earth is doing. Right. Like, is it nice and can there be value found in it regardless? Sure. But you can't, like, I don't know. How right. fabricated would that be if you forced yourself yeah. to do it? If it's just not that moment for you, not that season of life for you, like, mm-hmm. that's you, – you have to honor that internal timing yeah. more than anything. Yeah. And honestly, like – I really could almost seeing you using the Samhain deck that we share more, like, for stuff like that at any time of the year. That's true. Because you can embrace that energy and know where it comes from and know that it's, like, originated or dedicated to this holiday 
but that's also available to you whenever you need it. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I like having it solidified that way and I right. feel it, like, like that carries could be, that energy of Samhain like yeah. year round. That's I feel fun. like that could be helpful to kind of tap into that even if that's not what our earth is doing. Yeah. Dying and turning over and etc. Love that. Yeah. For me, like hard agree on the ancestor thing in general. I like to do dumb suppers on Samhain, which is just, you know, having a meal or sharing that drink with your ancestor or ancestors, essentially. Um, I love all the traditional Halloween stuff, like handing out candy to trick-or-treaters, or always I always have to dress up, of course, and, and all that. So I, too, kind of feel that I have to remind myself not to put pressure on myself to spend a bunch of hours at my altar on the day of, mm-hmm. if that's not what my vibe is. Right. Like, you know, so um, I try to prioritize what feels right, but a lot of times I do get the chance to go deep into meditation and kind of just like receive the messages from my loved ones on the other side that I'm really needing to hear and I make space for them to step up and it's a time of year where I'm very very dedicated to showing my gratitude um something I don't I can't remember if we said this in last year's episode but Samhain is just like Maybon is known as the Wic- Wiccan Thanksgiving, Samhain is known as like the Wiccan New Year mm. or like the Witch's New Year, people right. call it. So like I do subscribe to that in the sense of like it makes sense because this is the final harvest before we go into the dark part of the year. Right. So I will go so hard with gratitude exercises and rituals mm. because I am so appreciative of what I've gained this year. And then that for me gives me closure to move on to the new cycle of the next year yeah. and the next turn of that wheel. Um, So that's also huge for me. And if I'm not doing all of that at my altar, I'm doing it at the cemetery. I mean, actually going to the cemetery on Halloween day is very, very important to me. Mm. I've never been to work or school on Halloween before. Wow. Same as my birthday, which my birthday is about like a week and a half before Halloween. It's on October 22nd. Is that a week and a half? Is that a week? I don't know. But anyway, um... (laughs) I guess it's more like a week. Um, a week and two days, everybody. Damn. Girl math. <laughs> no, that was real math. <laughs> Mine was girl math. You figuring it out was real math. Yeah, so also, like, I don't want to hide the fact that my birthday is a big part of how I celebrate and embrace Samhain right. because, you know, your year literally does restart on your birthday. So That's I, so true. So I have that and Samhain and it's just I get very sentimental. That's your solar return. It's my solar return. So I get super like, oh, my God, I'm so grateful for what this year has brought me. Let's do it again and let's do it better. Right. Like I get into that energy yeah. and it's it's. Part of it is introspective, but part of it just lights a fire under my ass to do more. Right. And to do, like, I get really creative. Yeah, like, plan and, like, get excited about the future. Right. And there's also something to be said about the fact that this is the only time of year I can walk into a store and guarantee I'll find something that I like. I feel special. My interests are suddenly plastered everywhere. Yeah. So I'm also, like drawing inspiration from that so in that sense this is very much not a dead dormant time of year for me this is like my creativity is at its peak because i'm finally surrounded by inspiration yeah 
versus yeah like i i hate spring i hate spring that feels like the dead part of the year to me mm-hmm. which is all to say by the way like feel free to embrace only some of the sabbaths and yeah not others feel, i mean feel free to embrace none of them right but, or all of them but also like if there are only some that you can relate to there's nothing saying that you have to go all or nothing yeah like absolutely like yeah so like some of the spring ones are a little bit spring sabbaths are a little bit more difficult for me to connect to because that's the time of the year where i feel like nobody relates to me and i walk in the store and there's pastel clothes and i don't know what to do so i just leave empty-handed yeah i leave Alyssa searching for lilacs and light lover. blues lover <laughs> i relate to that a lot actually and i have like multiple things i want to say so let's see if i can remember <laughs> um so like first and foremost i really really relate to feeling like i come alive more in like the fall and winter than i ever was in the spring and summer yeah and for me like people talk about seasonal depression i feel like mine's the fucking opposite same of what it's supposed to be same and i do think you know so interesting that this episode has had so much to do with me for like talking about body image and food and stuff yeah i think that body image has always been a really big part of that for me like spring and summer transitioning to that from fall and winter is so much body talk so much like bikini body like ready nonsense transitioning to wearing less clothing having to like put on your shorts from last year and seeing that they don't fucking fit anymore yep like that has and that's always been a huge like source of my depression and my Mm. low self-esteem and self-worth has been around my body so like those seasons have always been really difficult for me and led to a lot of like self-isolating because it's just like I don't want to be seen. I don't feel like I can participate in these things that everyone else is so excited about where people are like excited to go swimming and like go out and be seen. And I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. For so much of my life, I felt that way. And I've definitely, you know, intentionally in the last few years really tried to like heal my relationship with summer and remind myself that like I get to enjoy swimming and the sun and the warmth just because I'm not in the body that everyone else thinks I should be in doesn't mean that those things aren't for me. Right. But for most of my life, I felt like they weren't for me. Right. So yeah, going into fall always feels like, okay, I don't have to go out and be seen. I get to just stay home and be myself. I get to cook. I get to read and write and hang out with my family and my pets and like do whatever. Like it, it's such a, time where I feel like I get to come back to myself. Yes. And it's almost like a relief. Yes. So that so I relate to that a lot. Yeah. Oh my God. Hit the nail on the head. I'm I'm right there with you. Like that makes so much sense. Yeah. And then, you know, the contrast too is that of course there's always going to be that one family member, but this time of year Um, more than any other food is encouraged right like obviously we talked about 
parents and stuff discouraging you from food but at the same time like halloween is centered around candy and treats thanksgiving is centered around food christmas even is very centered around food like i mean growing up in an italian family like christmas eve seven fishes feast and then like etc etc like all that shit like it is the one time of year where maybe some of those judgmental family members are like hey why don't you get a second plate yeah instead of like don't right um so that's interesting, too. And, like, I mean, I don't know, like, what the reason is. I don't know what came first, the chicken or the fucking egg. But, like, I am obsessed with food. Yeah. I love food. I hate food. I love to hate food. It, like, throughout the last 28 years of my life, I have had every type of relationship, I think, possible with food. But it's never not been the center. <laughs> of what I'm doing and like I I think food is so important you know I'm a sociologist I think food is so cultural Mm -hmm. it's so social it's so central to our connections with other people to the bonds that we have it's it connects us to our roots to our ancestors it's this thing that is central to our survival that reminds us of our humanity makes us feel human makes us feel connected to other people like it's beautiful it's magical it's wonderful i literally work in food access Mm -hmm. it's so fucking important to me like food justice is so important to me i I'm just like here for all of it. And so, yeah, I love like the seasonal cooking that you get to do in the fall and the winter. I love soup season. I love baking. I love all of it. Yeah. So much. Exciting. <laughs> it is. It's very thrilling. Amazing. <sighs> Incorporate that kitchen witchery. Hell yeah. I know. And like, soup is a spell and went apple picking last weekend yes have some apples i have a can of pumpkin sitting in my cupboard that i'll mm. do something fun with mm-hmm. i just love all of it i love soup mm. i fucking love soup what's your favorite kind of soup all of it <laughs> like i love a good tomato soup do you like bisque like tomato bisque like bisque in general but sure um like like i've had like lobster bisque at restaurants Mm -hmm. that's really fucking good i've Mm -hmm. never made that though because like bold but my family growing up we always went to cape cod every summer and there's a place that does a really good lobster bisque Mm -hmm. and i'm just like sitting here thinking about that now Um, i've had pumpkin bisque maybe you could try making that okay see okay i do have a little bit of a beef Oh, with squash soups. Yeah, it's a confusing. Is it sweet? Is it savory for me? Okay, I I know that sometimes sweet and savory together is good. Like I know that and I agree with that. Yes, but something about like a squash soup, it's in like the uncanny valley. No, that's real. Of like sweet and savory for me. Like it's not. A sweet savory combo where you know that that's what you're getting and you're enjoying the flavors together. It's like, I can't tell if it's sweet or savory. And yeah. that fundamentally disturbs me. No, that's so, real. So I don't think I'd be into that. <laughs> okay. Okay, T. Okay. I, I have to I have to be honest. I have If I can't be honest on this podcast, <laughs> I have nothing. No, that's... Mm-hmm, same. Trust me. Same. <laughs> okay. Well, don't make... 
pumpkin bisque. It's fine. <laughs> but like, I love tomato soup. Mm. I love chili. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love chili. Oh, yeah. So good. I love... This isn't soup, but one of my favorite wintry things to make is actually zucchini noodles. Which love. I'm, like, not in a... I'm not eating pasta way. Right. Because I love pasta and I always eat pasta. But one time I ate zucchini noodles and I was like, oh, these fucking hit. Zucchini's delicious. And, like, with, like, marinara sauce, mm-hmm. I like to do, like, a meat sauce with it or, like, a vegetarian meat sauce. Mm-hmm. Like, same difference. I, I like them both. Right. So fucking good. I'm getting hungry, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll eat it with bread because I'm not yeah. afraid of carbs. I right. just like zucchini. No, literally. <laughs> no, I get that. Like, uh, my poor Brit is such a picky eater. And yeah. when I go on about vegetables, she's like, okay, we get it, Miss Healthy. And I'm like, no, like, they just taste good to me. Like, I choose to eat them for joy. I think broccoli is as delicious as, like, a piece of pizza. Yeah. I really do. Like, if you ask me my top three foods, broccoli would make the cut. I love that for you. It's good as Broccoli's not up there for me, but, like, respect. I love it. I love all the things that it goes into. You Mm. could bake it into an omelet. Bake it. Fry it into an omelet. I don't know. You could bake it in with, like, lemon pepper and garlic. Yeah. You could um, have it with cheese. Lots Mm, of cheese. Lots of cheese. In a cheddar broccoli soup. Broccoli cheddar soup does fucking hit and then at panera you can get like broccoli cheddar mac and cheese in a bread bowl or on mac and cheese that's a slay Mm -hmm. broccoli and alfredo please delicious Mm. yeah like broccoli's broccoli's like okay for me i'm zucchini's probably like your top my top i also really love asparagus Mm -hmm. also like the thing that i don't like about broccoli is all of the like in the head no i love it i prefer the stems that's weird yeah so i like like a broccoli rob or a broccolini that's more stem less like nonsense personally i am not saying this as an insult you could genuinely benefit from this if you buy frozen broccoli from aldi it's usually only stems i know the cut yeah yeah that's what i get you're like "Mm -mm, love it i do love it (laughs) I'll put, what do I put that shit in that's so good? Like pasta. Yeah. Like it's mad fucking good in pasta. Yeah. Oh, now I'm craving that. Right? Honestly, like having a low grocery budget is really stressful, but also kind of a fun game. <laughs> I know. No, stop. Have you seen on TikTok like people, I don't think it's one person. I've seen multiple people do like the Dollar Tree yes. hauls and recipes. Yes. And I'm like, there is like there's probably more than one person but there is one that i particularly love yeah. her account is dollar tree dinners okay she, and she's huge now and i like i love her from my personal perspective i love her from a food access perspective i've shared her page as a resource from the mm. social media account for the organization i work for yes. because i think that she does really good work in making accessible food she will do recipes that you can cook using only a microwave Mm. or recipes that you can cook using only a stovetop no oven like she's just like really thoughtful like that and something she started doing more recently is working with her local pantry and getting a haul from the pantry and doing all recipes that she can make from the pantry that week that's so good and then she donates the proceeds from the video back to the pantry i i'm gonna cry i love her yeah that's so fucking good i love her are you kidding 
It's such a slide. That's something, <laughs> that's an issue we run into in the nonprofit I work at because we give this kind of, you know, we do kind of have a set standard for our pantry orders and part of it is because of how we get our funding. There's very strict guidelines that New York State puts on us, so we have to put certain things in a client's box mm -hmm. in order to keep our grants, right? So sometimes I'm handing that off to one of my families, and I know damn well, like, they don't have a stove or like they don't ha you know what I mean like like I'm giving you pasta to boil and you don't have access to a stovetop like yeah. and like that is not you know you can make that work in the microwave or whatever but like the actual thought tough. behind yeah. it or like you know if the parents are very not present and I'm trying to f worry about feeding the kids like it has to be something that they can physically cook without like hurting themselves mm -hmm. chopping up veggies or something like you know mm -hmm. so also the thought into the physical and like mental health yes. capability of cooking food should be thought of so that resources don't get wasted and they're split up properly and no absolutely yeah. that's like you know, I, I feel really lucky and fortunate to work for an organization that really does prioritize all of that when yeah. we're thinking about our food access efforts. And but one of the things that is kind of like a constant struggle between different people who I think in the organization have like different perspectives and priorities is that we really focus on fresh local food and we want to make it easy for people to eat vegetables. Yeah. And, and so, and we want, we support local farms. Like we do a lot of that type of shit. But at the same time, you know, if you're working more than full time and you've got a bunch of kids mm -hmm. and you're getting food from a pantry, like it, ha the meals have to be practical as well. They have yeah. to be easy. They have to be simple. They have to be things that your family will fucking eat. And I think that sometimes in the effort to, encourage healthy eating that gets a little bit lost totally and so that's definitely something that is always a topic of conversation in my organization because it's like yes but like we have to be realistic and practical and fed is fucking best like right and that's part of harm reduction too yeah. in the sense that like if your option is not eating at all or eating, like, baked goods donated from the grocery store overflow, mm -hmm. let them eat the fucking baked goods. Yeah. Like, damn. Right. <laughs> no, literally. And that's, like, and also, right, something I am really, like, I can't say enough good things about the organization I work for. I fucking love uh, it. But something I really love about it is that we have a whole food as health section mm -hmm. of our organization where there are two employees whose job it is basically to like make it easy for people to eat quote unquote healthy. And part of that is we do like a lot of recipes. We get to do things like meal kits mm -hmm. um, at the pantry where people can pick up a bag that has a recipe and everything that they need to make a meal in it. Fuck yeah. Um, and really cool things that genuinely do make it easier for people to eat good food, which mm. is, I think, really at the center of of what we should be focusing on. Because it's absolutely it's it's not enough to say, here's a vegetable. Right. You should be eating it. Like, no, like make it easy. Yeah. If you want people to eat it, make it fucking easy. Right. Right. 
Ugh. Yeah. Tea. It is tea. Okay, Slay. What a harvest episode. Yes, that's so true. Okay. Love. I love it too. I have an idea for closing this conversation if you're ready to close it. I have something to say about cemeteries. Okay. I always want to talk about cemeteries, so say it. So like a lot of times in witchy circles, spaces, etc., people are kind of weird about cemeteries right yeah like on one hand we love cemeteries on the other hand people have very specific ideas of how you need to go about entering the cemetery or take up space and exist in a cemetery yeah right Mm -hmm. and sometimes for me personally i'm like okay boo do you don't tell the rest of us to adhere to it how to do us you know so there's that This is a thought that I had while you and I were having our photo shoot in the cemetery a couple weeks ago. I really think that sometimes we get caught up in this idea of feeling like the spiritual work that we do has to be, like, really serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... It's not real, powerful, spiritual work unless it's difficult and serious and, like, dangerous. I, yeah, like, there's there's something dangerous and you have to be, like, on guard and protecting yourself. And, like, there's, like, all of this, like, what's the word I'm looking for? There's all of this hullabaloo. Yeah. There's all of this fucking hullabaloo. And I, it, yeah. <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? The word I'm looking for is hullabaloo. <laughs> <laughs> As it usually is. <laughs> and I think that for me, in my personal like opinion, experience, and practice, I think that spending time in a cemetery is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. I think that we are just silly little people living our silly little lives. And death is a part of life. And it's something that everybody experiences in different ways at different points in their lives. And like doing something in a cemetery that is happy or joyful or fun Mm -hmm. is like a really beautiful thing to do. I agree. And having like comfort and familiarity with people who have like passed on um, or just, like, the idea of, like, people who have passed on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is is really, really nice. And I don't know, like, I I guess because when we were we were doing that photo shoot in the cemetery, it was kind of like, is this okay? Like, is this weird? Is this disrespectful? Like, there's just kind of that, like, doubting yourself, I feel like that's True. been kind of instilled in us through like some of this discourse around witchcraft that's like you have to ask permission to enter a cemetery or like whatever it is right and if you want that to be part of your practice like that's fine and lovely but i just wanted to throw out there that i think there are probably a lot of spirits in the cemetery who really appreciate seeing people be carefree and alive and silly yeah um And that that's, like, a really lovely energy to bring around death. Yeah. 
So that's what I wanted to say about cemeteries. Oh, yeah. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I obviously fully agree. And like, I mean, look, taking the photos like I brought it up at the time, I felt questioning slash weird about like including people's names right because i'm like yeah like who are you like whatever but at the same time like a cemetery is basically a public park and the reason that we have headstones engraved with people's names is to remember people after they've passed on so give them the spotlight it's the reason we do it it's it's one of our rituals you know what i mean correct so why shy away from it right or act like it's so yeah like off limits you know like yeah like this idea that we can't go exist in that space or like Mm. true I'm glad you brought that up. This is such a weird thing to tack on, but I actually got to see my grandma's final resting place earlier this week. She was cremated and her ashes have been like in my family. Like uh, my aunt had a little bit. My mother had a little bit and they have decided to place her in a mausoleum in a cemetery. So like I got, is that the proper term the, the mausoleum so, where like those little drawers the little cremated yeah yeah so she's in like one of those drawers and um i got to go see it and like leave an offering for her i love that um and i like the idea of having that place to go to like mm. i i don't want to be cremated and poured in the ocean or given to a family member and left on a bookshelf the fuck like i yeah. i want that headstone yeah. i want people to come walk on it or lay next to it if they want so or take spooky pictures for their podcast yes (laughs) so yeah i i also see it from that lens of like myself my family what we decided we want and how we feel about it you know like it's right next to a public bench right and it's like yeah because the point is to fill the space and to be present in it right and and that doesn't have to take away from the solemn feelings right like you don't have to act solemn to know that it's It's a serious serious. meaningful thing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love that i 100 percent agree yeah a a note on cemeteries (laughs) (laughs) love it slay okay okay we, you, now you are permitted to wrap up the episode okay <laughs> so i've pulled out my two halloween specific decks mm-hmm. obviously there is the seasons of the witch Samhain oracle and then there is also the halloween tarot so i thought how fun would it be if we each pull one card for each other yes for what to focus on from now until halloween love because i know you guys are hearing this closer to halloween but right now it's still september 29th for us yeah so i think it would be a nice little thing to kind of predict and then be able to reflect on you know yeah when we drop this in a month's time fun okay Love it. Can I read you first? Yeah. Okay. All right, Alyssa, we've got Ace of Ghosts, aka Ace of Cups, and then Third Harvest. And the Third Harvest card says, Daughters of the Woods, feel thy sacred swell with suppleness. Yes. Horny. (laughs) Taste the gathering of honey's milk filling your emptiness. Bro, I I want... I- <laughs> please please we 
put that in. Please. Please. Uh, yeah. 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 Honestly, I really love that message. I love, like, I don't know, like, I just love that that, like, came through, like, you as well. Because I've been, like, reading for myself a lot lately and being kind of, like, especially in my love life, like, what are the blocks? Like, what's going on? Like, whatever. And a message that I feel like I got yesterday from one of my readings was just kind of talking about, like, my own resistance to vulnerability and, like, lovey-doveyness, gush, mm. mushy-gushiness, mm. and, like, really putting myself out there in the sense of being, like, you know, even, like, saying it on the podcast, I'm like, I can't. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, all of that ace of cups, just, like, overflowing with real emotion kind and, of thing. And letting yourself show it share it be grateful for it in Mm -hmm. the context of the third harvest card right exactly instead of like being being like right and being like okay like maybe it's there but like i'm just gonna not think about that right but so yeah so i love that yeah that's a really good message that lines up with like other messages i've been getting for me happy to hear that slay okay do you want to do me yeah okay Will you? Oh, this is a fun question. You could cut this out if you don't think it's fun. When you're doing like two readings in a row, do you keep the cards out or do you throw them back in? Um, since it's like for a different person, I want uh, to. You'll throw them in. back in. If it were for the same person, I'd probably keep it out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, you already said that. Like, right. You know what I mean? Right. That's part of the reason I don't like simultaneously reading with multiple decks because the same card will come up over and over and it's like, how much can I say? Yeah, but then it's like such confirmation. Right. You're like, bitch, you can't run away from yeah. this. Yeah. I go back and forth. Well, it's, and it's especially to like a client to be like, do you understand? Like, yeah. do you see this? Yeah. Like, I didn't stage this. Right, like, <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I love this. Hee, 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 hee. All right, Alyssa, tell me about my cards. Okay, so Mel got death from the Halloween tarot. And then she got intuition from the Samhain Oracle. It says, you hold the answers. You know the truths. Ancient ones await behind the doors of the mind. Wow. Oh, I love that. God, I hope that this reading comes true because I'm it's really mainly career and fight. Not I'm not even going to say mainly. It's all career and finances right now that I am looking for a fresh fucking start, mm-hmm. which haven't I been saying that on the podcast for a year? Yeah, I have. And I've gotten some new starts, right. but I'm ready for like a new new start. And it's so In the context of healing, let me just say this, and this is a blanket one-time statement coming from someone who's been through severe trauma throughout my younger years, okay? Now that things are good, it's so actually frustrating and more uncomfortable when everything is good except for, like, this one pressing thing. Um, Because, like, I don't know. When you're being abused, it really um, it really does hit every area of your life and, like, immobilize you and your opportunities. So it's almost comfortable and predictable. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm free. I work hard. I am safe. I am loved. I'm protected. Mm-hmm. 
how can something still be wrong? Right. So I think this reading very much applies to my career and finance section of my life because relationship good, friendships yeah. essentially good. Yeah. How I feel about myself and what's going on in my head, pretty good. And I think that such deep intuitive cards came up because I literally am an intuitive reader for a living. And and that's like what I'm looking to do full time, Mm -hmm. especially now more than ever. So I think this kind of hard reset speaks to what I might need to either do actively Mm -hmm. or passively allow to happen. You know, okay, I have two things to say. One is I think it's really interesting because when this car flew out and I first flipped it, it was in reverse for me Mm. and then like facing you and then I flipped it upright for me. But I think that the death reverse, the death card reverse for me Mm. often like represents a little bit of resistance to a necessary ending and I think you know what I think about that. <laughs> I do know. And like no, like I'll I'll put it on the podcast because I'm here for the authenticity and right. whatever like there's a part of me that is deeply afraid of being judged and judged especially for saying the wrong thing. Mm. I mean, hello. That's all of us, but it's also like history of abuse. Like I don't want to say the thing that's going to upset people. Right. But you know what? If I'm being honest, Mm -hmm. I can defend it till the end because I didn't lie. I didn't fabricate. I didn't try to make it a certain way. I am just saying something right now that that's the truth and you're allowed to not like it. It doesn't make it not the truth. Hell yeah. So I'll put it right on the podcast. I really don't give a fuck. Maybe this will help jumpstart my new beginning. Yeah. My day job has turned into something I never wanted it to be. Mm Mm-hmm. I have been off for the last two weeks, which was unexpected and wasn't entirely my choice. And it has made things extremely financially difficult. Mm -hmm. And even in the face of financial difficulty, I have to go back Monday. No part of me wants to. I feel sick to my stomach when I think about it. It feels very unnatural. I feel like I'm very done there. Mm -hmm. And I have to stay right now because of money. Mm -hmm. And... I can look at you and confidently say that is the only thing keeping me there. Yeah. Everything that made me happy about the job has soured. Yeah. And unfortunately, this happens with every single job I've ever had. And I I don't think the common denominator is me. I think the common denominator is capitalism. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to not hold accountability. but like, Well, and also, right, like I think that the common denominator you know, I'll speak for myself, is my incompatibility with capitalism. Well, that's what it is, right? Like, I'm okay with not conforming to that. And I'm okay to admit that because I do think, shit, fuck, like... Shit, fuck. Because people see that as selfish. Yeah. People see it as... Or, like, immature. Or indulgent. Like, you you don't understand. You don't understand. You're you're gonna need to settle down with a job anyway. We have to do things in life we don't like. And it's like, no, it's so much deeper Like, no, I'm sorry that you're willing to sacrifice your morals and values that way, but I'm not. Right, like, actually, you're the one that doesn't understand. Yeah. Those people who are saying that. Yeah. So, you fucking get it. 
our listeners get it, etc. I'm not saying I'm special because I'm above having a regular job. No, I think none of us deserve jobs that Mm -hmm. are going to fucking undermine us as people and treat us as disposable. Right. I don't wish that upon anyone. Absolutely. So I think this reading is directly related to the fact that I need to leave my day job and pursue being a spiritual professional full time. Mm. And it's very frustrating because all of my readings have been like this. The last reading I had you give me was like this. Mm. Readings I've gotten from other practitioners have been like this for months now. Yeah. For before I knew it was going to sour. Right. From before I knew it was going to sour. Dude, I, I said this to you, but I'll say it on air, like months before things turned this way when you were still feeling like i love this job it's not something i want to let go of i just had the strongest gut feeling that it was going to be in the next few months that you were gonna be leaving right like i just i don't i don't always get those feelings but that was one of them where i was like i think this is sooner rather than later and like back then i didn't hope you were right now i hope you're right right and like, for the death card and the intuition card to come out, I'm like, God, I hope so. Like, right. okay, so give it to me type right. of thing. Like, I'm frustrated at this point because do I feel morally wrong staying at my job for myself and for what the organization has now shown me? Yeah. Yes, I really do. Right. But at the same time, the choice right now literally is that or risking being unhoused right. and not being safe. Uh-huh. Like, that's where we're at. And that's me being honest. And I'm just fucking trying. But I, yeah, I mean, I think especially like with these two cards in particular, the skeleton and the death card is holding this watering can and like watering pumpkins. But there's also a moth right by the pumpkin. So the water's kind of like going on the moth too. So it's very Mm -hmm. like, very much like sowing the seeds of transformation. Very Mm -hmm. much like putting your energy toward making it so that that death is possible. And I think that with the intuition card coming out, like you had, when everything went down with your job, literally the first thing you said to me is, I I don't feel like I can keep working there. And you knew in your gut before any like logical anything kicked in, what was right for you. Correct. And I'm in a position where I don't, financially physically mundanely get to do what i know is spiritually emotionally correct yeah and that sucks and it hurts absolutely it sucks and it hurts and it's uncomfortable and it's scary it's scary yeah i don't like the feeling but i do think that i think that this is a sign that like over the next month you're going to be able to make strides toward that i really do and i think that Yeah, like, especially with the intuition card, kind of just, like, following that gut feeling of this job isn't right for me anymore. And then, like, whatever else that leads you to try or explore or experiment with to build Mel of Wands to a place where you can leave. Right. Yeah. Well, I have to chew on that. I just, like, want this for you. There's this woman who is like a TikTok tarot card reader who I really love. If you follow me on TikTok, like not arcade names, but if you follow Misplaced Visionary on TikTok, um, you probably know that I do like a lot of little videos talking shit about like fear mongering tarot card readers on TikTok. But if you know me, you also know that 
I love a good tarot card reader on TikTok. I love a good tarot card reader on YouTube. I am a tarot card reader on TikTok from time to time. So is Mel. Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with getting Mm -hmm. incredible, resonant, eye-opening, mind-expanding, heart-expanding messages through social media. I do think that there's something wrong with people who are intentionally preying on your fears and insecurities to try and make money. Yep. That's the line I draw. (laughs) Yep. Anywho, there's this reader, and I can't think of her name off the top of my head, so I'll have to write it in the description so you guys can look her up. But she just does these, like, really lovely, usually with oracle cards, actually, readings, Mm. and very, like, you know, like, liberation-oriented, very up my alley (laughs) kind of shit. One came across my For You page the other day, and the first thing she said, and I really loved it, was... It's time for you to start thanking the universe for doing the heavy lifting for you. And she said, when something is ripped out of your life, even though it can be difficult, you really need to think about the ways that the universe is doing you a favor by making that thing disappear. So you think I'm going to get fired? No. (laughs) No, I'm just fucking with you. But I think that's beautiful advice. Yeah, I think that like... This situation, I'm sure, has felt so yucky and saddening and disappointing to have a job that you loved so much turn into something ugly. But, like, I just think that on the flip side of that, you know, for a while now, I felt like you could be doing well, Mel of Wands full time. I'm so glad that you feel that way. <laughs> and I just think that this is the universe pushing the bird out of the nest and saying it's time well on that now if you'd like to book a reading with yes. <laughs> if you'd like to book a reading with mel or if you are at all curious about spiritual coaching i will just say i think that mel is a phenomenal spiritual mentor she just is so you know, you you get the connection. I mean, you know Mel's personality because you listen to the podcast. You get that personal connection with her. She's going to be real. She's going to be honest. But she also puts so much time and thought and energy into her spiritual mentors. And you get so much personalized, like, journal prompts, shadow work prompts, card spreads. She spends time with you. She'll do tarot readings for you. You'll do tarot readings for her as Mm -hmm. practice. You'll get feedback. Like, it is just, it's so personalized. It's so one-on-one. She's so committed to the growth of her spiritual mentor clients. I just, I think it's such a phenomenal thing. I think that it is the kind of support that we all deserve on this journey. And I would absolutely recommend checking that out. Thank you. You're welcome. I could cry. (laughs) Love you. Love you. And if you want exclusive input from both of us, whether that's through the form of a ranty anti-capitalist bonus episode or through exclusive access to readings with Alyssa for Arcane Tier, yes. check out patreon.com slash arcane dames. Absolutely. Yeah. Or or chit-chatting with us in the Discord and getting our opinion on your spread and, and all of that. There's right a lot of ways to to do connect. it. Connect. The Discord access starts at $10 a month. So if you want a direct line of communication to both of us, that's Mm -hmm. the best way to do it. Yeah. And we can be there for you that way through text. Hell yeah.
Love you guys. Love you guys so much. Happy Halloween. And yeah, we'll be we'll be wrapping by the time this drops, we'll be wrapping up our October tarot, tarot challenge. challenge. So I'm assuming that that was really fun. And if you didn't get in on that earlier on in October, definitely like, you know, I'm sure we'll have like a little highlight reel on our Instagram. So definitely go check out yeah. like all of those polls. And certainly those prompts are something that you can use any time of the year. And something new I tried to add to it was split up the weeks of the month with themes. So if you're not the type of person who can do a poll a day, because right. that feels really overwhelming, you can tune in at the end of the week and kind of make it like a spread yeah and, and just kind of because yeah the weeks are split up that way so. and it dude it's it's such a cool like mal came up with this concept like a visionary like she, <laughs> she like texted me and was like i have an idea and it was so good and so creative and so just like on theme and spooky and halloweeny and just really really enriching and then we were able to collaborate and get some cool graphics as well to match that idea Mel had and it was really really fun arcane dames has become so much more artsy fartsy creative since i started smoking weed yes <laughs> fun do you see at least like what i, I yeah. don't know like i at least see a gap in between what i was able to come up with before and what i'm able to come up with yeah, you definitely have like that inspiration. The mind is open. <laughs> the mind is open. I love that. Yeah. The thing is, if you have Taurus in your big three, you can smoke weed. And that's, <laughs> that's something I'm jealous of. Yeah. No, it's it's true. That is real. It's like Taurus placements and weed go together like peanut butter and jelly. Love. <laughs> Slay, this is such a good episode. I love you guys so much. So excited to come back in just a couple weeks now. Thank God. Full force. Thank God. With our season three balls to the wall woo woo. Should we tell them what the first card is? I don't remember. Tell me. <laughs> the magician. We're doing the magician. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait. Love you guys. So we'll see you guys in a couple weeks to talk about the magician and Yay. get back into tarot. Which is what we're all here for. Yeehaw. Happy Halloween. Happy Samhain. Bye. Bye.